It looks like a fishing hat. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's like you've been fishing in that hat. That's awesome. Like you've been. It is a DIY hat. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Do it yourself as in you put the L2L logo on it, or do it yourself as that's what you do everything in. That's what he does everything. That's what I do all my work in. Yeah, Yeah, he's got the same problem I do the no head. So you sweat (laughs) like crazy in your hat. It's like I go through so many hats. Really? Oh, geez. Yeah, my wife's like, please don't wear that hat anymore. Everybody, welcome to this episode of the Manufacturing Stream Podcast. I'm Eric Whitley, uh, and here we talk about manufacturing, manufacturing 4.0, industry 4.0, lean manufacturing, and with my co-host sitting in the uh, studio this week. Phil Anderson, yeah, we talk a little bit of fishing. We're going to talk a little bit about fishing. Yeah, we always do. We throw it in. Yeah, and we have a couple of special guests along with us this week. We're going to talk about a really kind of uh, intricate topic, and uh, these three are definitely going to be the... uh, the top three conversationalists in this this conversation. We have along with us Justin Skaggs from Worthington Industry. Justin is the uh, business application manager, manager of ERP at Worthington Industries. Soon to be changing, but he, he, it's top secret. He can't tell us all this stuff. Super so, top secret. But maybe by the time you even Security listen to this podcast, stuff. that'll change. We'll yeah. find out. And then also with us is uh, longtime uh, L2L uh sidekick with me we've been we've been here a long time Corey. super famous guy yeah. Corey. Cor- yeah Corey olson is super our infamous super, super infamous, infamous yes and fellow dodger fan who happens to be aware in a boston red boston red hat, oh, i don't know why right. but uh, vp of engineering here at l2l Corey olson so welcome you guys Hello. thanks for joining us today thanks for having us yeah long time first Thank time you. yeah long time we've been trying to get justin on for a little while he's a little jealous you know, really? Justin, yeah, Justin actually, I don't know if you still do, but Justin worked for Priya oh. at Worthington Industries. And so when I interviewed Priya, oh, he and was, then he was a little heartbroken. At, yeah, and then at the conference, Ashley was there. So I had Ashley on from yeah. Worthington. And then so I get this little note, like, I mean, like, like this little tear little running tear down the side down of my face. Yeah. 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 yeah, like, hey, what's going on? Hey, did on. you left me out. My heart's <laughs> broken. Right. Yeah. Oh. We've, we've for talked. what it's worth, I don't blame you. You're very <laughs> smart individuals. No, it's good. It's good. It just took us a little time. Uh, I always tell the story that Justin was um, part of that team I talk about where we were doing implementation at Worthington and we would kind of meet at different places and do implementation at Worthington it was really, really awesome. So give us a, give us a little background while we got you here on the phone, Justin. Um, first of all, Let's don't forget to talk. Um, how's yeah, the fishing yeah, in Ohio? Felt, Is the fishing yeah. in Ohio very good, Justin? Do you do much fishing? <laughs> Come on, you know, honest. fishing in Ohio is, is kind of hit or miss. And I hear you guys talking about fly fishing on snow melt and lake oh, mead yeah. and everything in between. And get a little jealous. I got yeah. I was just in We're, Montana last week. Yes, he was. I was in Montana and I was fishing the Madison River in Montana. Yes. Well, and it rained every day, Did right? It really? Yeah. There were still some hatches coming off, some mayfly hatches, some caddis hatches, yeah. but you know, not much was feeding on top. So you nymphed. I nymphed. You nymphed. Yeah, I nymphed. I threw streamers, big streamers. Yeah. Anyway, I caught some really nice fish up there on nice. the Madison. It was a good time. Yeah, Mecca up there. Mecca. Right? Yeah, I like yeah, that. It's That's kind of fly mecca. fishing. Corey, I don't know. Do you you 
do you fish much, Corey? I don't know if you do. I, I do. I've actually got a great fly fishing story. Yeah. Ooh, let's so, hear it. Yeah. Let's hear it. So a couple of years ago, I uh, I was taking a group of of young men fly fishing uh, right underneath Flaming Gorge Reservoir. Ah, so world, you were on the green. World class. Yeah. Blue on Ribbon. The green River. Blue Ribbon. And we were there all day long, and some of the boys weren't that into it, but I was out in the middle there fly fishing, and I was just kind of telling them, hey, you know, hang out play in the trees, do whatever. And I got out, I, I caught a couple of fish and I got out, I was going to move down. And one of the young men looked up at me and he's like, Hey, I found the best lemonade I've ever had in my life. And I said, well, well what's going on? I said, well, I ran out of water. I didn't bring enough water to drink here. And I looked down in between two rocks and he pulled up a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh. This, is, this is a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. And he's like, this is the greatest lemonade oh, I've ever it's had. So good. And I'm like, don't tell your mom this story. Don't tell your yeah, mom. Well, now you've just yeah. put it into uh, you know, into lore. We'll right? make sure that she gets it something. That is funny. Way to go, Corey. Way to go. And, I, and he nice had the job. best time of all. Yeah, of I was right? gonna say yeah. he loved yeah, he, life. He had a great time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Justin, we're definitely gonna have to get you out here, man. Yeah, you gotta uh, come out. You gotta come out. Do some fly fishing with us. Just plan on it. Yeah, we'll bring you. So, I would love that. Some of my best childhood memories are putting around on a little, little tiny boat with my grandpa and a small little lake bluegill fishing. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And then, uh, then a little bit on the Ohio River too. Yeah, okay. Cool. Everybody has those stories. Everybody has those Everybody's stories. That's why fishing is so endearing, man. It's people just right. love it because it's just. It's just fun, and it, it and it connects. It's my zone. It is the it's, totally it's, the zone. It's my zone. Yeah. So yeah. it's a place I like to go when I need to take a swim too, aren't? Isn't it, Phil? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Slippery rock. I usually end Slippery up in the rocks. water. Yeah. There you go. All right. Let's so let's talk a little bit about our topic we want to talk about today. So um, I have um, over the years, uh, and and even through all my years in consulting. Uh, manufacturing and, uh, you know, total productive maintenance and lean and stuff like that. And then now, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on my 10th year, starting my 10th year with L2L. One of the things that has evolved over time is ERP. And then in that time is the, uh, maturation, I guess you would say, Corey, I don't know if that's the best way to say the maturation of connected worker platforms like L2L and, and that type of software in there. And so what we're seeing is that these massive ERP systems, and then you have these, um, and I think Worthington uses JD Edwards, don't they, Justin, is that what you guys use it there? Yeah. So yeah, that's we, correct. Yeah. We can talk a little JD Edwards if we want to, but, but what I really wanted to talk about is I want to talk about the necessity and, and really kind of the nuts and bolts about integrating to these ERP systems and why it's important to integrate to the ERP systems with the newer software that's coming out. Uh, you know, the connected worker platforms that are coming out and stuff. So, I mean, I, I, maybe I'll ask Justin first, Tell me, Justin, like a little bit as you guys have implemented L2L and other softwares too, and I know you do a lot of integration software or, or integration to software and other softwares other than L2L with inside of Worthington. Tell me a little bit about like why have why is that necessary? What are you seeing within the plants that are saying that this is actually necessary to go do that? Yeah, so a little background 
at Worthington is I've been on the ERP team about eight years now. And about eight years ago, Oracle released some uh, additional functionality with, with JDE that let us do integrations a little easier. They call it the orchestrator. And I remember I joined the team at the time and one of the my, my peers now said I could put someone on connecting workers. He called it like barcode scanning, other other things at the time um, for two straight years. And that's all they could do is, is two years of, of just that type of work. Right. And eight years later, here we are, here we're, we're are. still doing it. And, right. and there's plenty more runway ahead. And the reason why is, you know, ERPs are really good at what they do. They're great at you know, financial sales, purchasing inventory, all that stuff is is their bread and butter. And and it's very, to your point, Eric, very mature. So right. that's great. But how do you get more interaction from the folks on the floor, from maintenance, from some of these groups that historically only interacted with ERP on the ancillary? How do you get them using that data day to day? And platforms like L2L are, are really perfect for that type of user experience. Right. You know, the, the, there's a time, and, and it may still, this we may still see this, but ERP systems were designed to really do everything except the shop floor. Right. 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 So what we saw, and, and we had a similar situation at Audley with, with uh, J.D. Edwards and Coriel, probably remember a lot of this as well. But ERP can do so much. But what I found is with, especially with ERP, ERP systems and ERP sales company is, I mean, they'd come in with the spill and they'd PowerPoint you to death. You're, you know, when, when we were going through the evaluation at the time, looked at several different ERP systems, you saw good functionality from a PowerPoint, right? Not really in an environment that, related to you they have their own right demo set up ready to go and so what we ended up doing was having to say okay which one of these is going to give us the most flexibility which one is going to allow us to customize without painting ourselves into a corner to where now they pretty much own everything you do. I mean, it's, I mean, ERP systems, like you said, they purchasing financials, MRP planning. Great. That's what they do. That's their bread and butter. Use them for that because they're really good at it. But anytime you want to say, okay, how do we make our operations better? Now it's a different story, right? So Corey, how, how, you know, Phil talked about not wanting to paint yourself into a corner how do you design, I mean, talk a little bit of the technical side or the thought process side. How do you design a, a system or an ancillary piece of software to where people can still use it and not paint themselves into a corner? I mean, how does that work technically? You know what I mean? I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure you have to think about that. You do. It's, this is a really hard problem. So ERPs aren't the only one that has this problem. Right. I mean, every... Every software vendor that has a specialty, they're thinking about their core specialties. They're trying to enhance their strengths. And that means by de by definition that they're letting their weaknesses go. Uh, most software is this way. It's really strong in one area or two areas. But that's the beauty of API. You know, 20 years ago, 
the software industry was talking about web 2.0 and we've progressed way past then but the whole the whole premise of web 2.0 and now i don't know if we're in 3.0 or 4.0 i know uh, manufacturing we're in 4.0 now and maybe beyond but the 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 idea is when we have the ability for systems to interoperate with each other and the language and the medium for interoperating is apis then we can really see creativity taking place. Um, Justin at his facilities can say, well, we've got these four different sources of data and we wanna mash them all together. And if L2L dispatch happens to be where they're, they're bringing all that data, it's very simple with APIs to all these disparate systems to pull the relevant data, put it in and, and make it look good uh, with a single view now right? from so a, that's yeah that, and that's perfectly said um from a company's perspective the sun rises and sets in the erp system financials so right. at the end of the day you take data from l2l using the apis and if it's transactional data you can still pass that information back to ERP and trigger financial transactions from that, that that still allow the ERP system to operate as it's functioned, fun, as it's intended from a financial perspective um, and, and get the bang for your buck on the operation side on the floor, getting the data from the that's right. equipment and everything yeah. else. And that's the beauty of that. Well, I'm sure, Justin, I'm sure that's probably a lot of what you th have to think of, right, is how do I get this back to that? That's exactly where we started, kind of what Phil was talking about. We said integrate where it makes sense to get started, show mm -hmm. some value, and then, and then scale it. So we started with just that of we had a, a use case, a problem from our, our maintenance personnel in our stock room saying, hey, it's hard to find parts in the ERP. You know, they're named differently. The search right. is kind of difficult. Um, and then when I do that, then I've got to go to, and we had built a nice little mobile app to let them issue parts out of inventory and they could scan the product and then scan like two, two barcodes to say what cost center it goes to. And, and we were trying to track it to a cost to a machine. Right. So we know how much that machine's costing us. And when I say it worked, it kind of barely worked, but it, it did. Yeah. But we put we put L2L in, and, and that was the first integration we did. We, we integrated all those spare parts over to L2L from the ERP. So in real time, when inventory changed in the ERP, L2L knew about it, put new parts in inventory, did a receipt, all that would sync over. And then maintenance could search, and then they're working on a dispatch. I know I issue this part to this press. I don't have to worry about what cost center it is, what account, all that stuff. Right. It's taken care of, and we integrate that back to the ERP so then purchasing gets their buy message, keep that part in inventory. We don't have stock outs. Exactly. You, a lot of value you, in that. Yeah, you set your min-max levels, and the API does its job, you know, triggers the purchasing teams to make sure that the spare parts are flowing, they're coming in, um, and, and, and you're managing. And what we've seen is companies taking their – the value of their spare parts inventory and really seeing that the cost of spares drive down because now, now you have some visibility to this and you can start to really dial in your spares, 
right? Yeah, I always said that you know one of the most one of the most accurate uh, spare parts system was in a mechanic's toolbox, right? Because <laughs> they always kept what they knew exactly they were going to need because it never was in the uh, never was in the stores because nobody the the reorder process never yeah had just the ones it just in didn't there. work. So right? when it they got one, they'd get well. ten and put nine in their toolbox so they yeah. had it for the rest of the year, right? So but, uh, there's there's a lot of return on investment <laughs> when you talk about systems like L2L that can now take that um, that equipment bomb yeah. and we've got all the information. Now, we ran a single instance of J.D. Edwards across the division, right? So every facility uh, in AutoLeave ran on a single instance of J.D. They didn't have, we didn't have different plants running different instances. So right. hammer, you know, a hammer in one facility the part number was the same as right. the hammer and the other one. And there's a lot of difficulty with companies that don't do it that way, that allow each facility kind of to be autonomous and on their own running their own instance, and then trying to pull that data back and make that make sense. Yeah. Right. It just, something that, that that's a huge hurdle for, for a lot of companies that don't do single instance. So I don't know how does Worthington do that? Are you guys a single instance um, platform? You're running a single instance out of a hosting center, and yeah, we are we are uh, running a single instance of JDE across our cylinders division here in the states. Uh, it's hosted in AWS, like most everything else is these days. It feels yeah. like, right. uh, but you know what? What we try to do is, from an IT standpoint, is we want to focus on where we can add value and hosting ERP and things like that. That's not our bread and butter. That's that's not adding value no, to our no, business. No, no, for so sure. Wanna, yeah, we want to get you know offensive IT. We want to be out there in the plants, building those relationships, figuring out where the problems are, using L2L, using ERP, using integrations, APIs. Yeah, you're to, using uh, AWS. To solve problems and automate things. I mean, you're using AWS or any service like that for disaster recovery, high availability. You know, and that and that's their bread and butter, right? That's yeah. that's what they do, and so. The, the value there, you know, you're taking advantage of that, but, but focusing, okay, now how are we going to improve operations by taking an application like L2L, use, utilizing the API capability and plugging that in, and now having access to a lot of operational data that Quite honestly, you just you just didn't have before from an ERP system. Yeah. Corey, Corey, talk a little bit about what we learn. I mean, I know over the years that we've that we we've been doing this. Like we've learned a lot watching people integrate. Like it's it's actually a really great way to improve feature sets, is it not? I mean, with inside of uh, different software. It's a great way to improve the feature set. It's a great way to measure the maturation of a, of customers as well, right? right? So, you know, customers come in kind of like Phil was saying, when you first get that ERP and and you're using the base functionality, um, you, you just get a set base set of functionality. And as they learn and as they're interoperating, especially with L2L, they learn about and fix the systemic problems, then they get to be creative and start thinking about the more, the, the, the fun right, 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 for how right, they can do right. that. And that really does come with 
with using the API. So I, I hear Justin saying they've got barcode scanners, they've got mobile apps. So there are people walking out on the floor operating the system and there's API calls being made from those devices. There's also the, the big JD Edwards sitting in AWS somewhere. It's integrating with L2L's um, API data set and probably other APIs. So yeah, that's how you build um, the the feature set that's specific to your needs right. is that's, by using the it, API. It's really what gives you your competitive advantage. Yeah, that's a good Be, way to put it. Because if everybody used, like you said, everybody goes and buys JD Edwards off the shelf, they implement it just out of the box. I'm no different than anybody else that just bought that. And right. so by by taking systems like L2L and now getting creative about how do I take L2L and customize it and tweak it and not necessarily uh, when I say customize, I mean, when I, when I do the setup, I could set it up specifically for my facility yeah, how do, yeah. and, and then, and then you allow the operators on the floor to input suggestions. Hey, you know what? This would be so much better. And so much more efficient when you do that. Wow. You know, you just didn't have that power with ERP that easily. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, it was yeah. it was doable, but it's painful. Yeah. B depending on your ERP solution. But it, I can, think, it can be painful. I think the key here is what Corey just talked about, about the maturation of the customer. Because I can, I know I was there when Worthington, when we started this, right, Justin? I mean, even the maturation of Worthington going out, and, and let me tell you, not every customer has a Justin Skaggs out right. at, at their facility. And so it's made a world of difference to have people like him and people that work for him and work with him. They're, they're amazing. But to be able to say, I have an idea, and that idea is around a certain work process at my factory. Now, I know your software doesn't do that exactly, but I can use my creativity the APIs and and in even other other applications like RL2L Studio, and I can then go create my own custom piece of feature sets that are going to get the data up into L2L. Then that's going to get it up into the ERP, ERP. right? Yep. So yep. Justin, I mean, we've had some amazing stuff. Talk talk a little bit about some of the really cool things that you guys have done when it comes to kind of the integration from that. Yeah, and, and a lot of the credit for these things goes to our, our business partners uh, at the plants and our transformation teams for coming up with some of these creative ideas of, hey, this is a problem I'm trying to solve. And historically, I either couldn't solve it or I had to sit out on the floor with a stopwatch or a tally right. sheet. And how how can I do this in, in a more digital way um, that's a little bit more scalable to to other plants so we can solve one problem for all plants, you know? Um, right. Some cool things we've done, talking about uh, APIs and real-time integration, when uh, when we scan product off our lines at, at the end of the line, that same API that's talking to JDE saying, hey, this product's now in inventory and you can ship it, also talks to L2L and says, hey, put that in your pitch board, the operator portal. Uh, so in both places, representing the same data set, using the product. So now that product's in L2L, scheduled with Econbon. So when I get done with that product, I know what's my, my next order to run. So that is a paradigm shift for Worthington. 
And historically, our, our lines run, and Phil, I see you shaking your head, right? You run with, uh, you print out your work order, hand it to the line, they get a big book. You know, you're, you're flipping through the book. What am I running next? Yep. Well, now you're, now you're, what's next is in your econ bonds. You come on. And, yeah. and I know it's in my ERP because yep. I'm scanning that off the line and it's updating right. both systems. Right. And it's all coming through and it's just talking. It's smooth. You know, what the, I, I made a note and Eric can hear me typing. I'm like, <laughs> I made a note, but the, I didn't, cause I didn't want to forget it. But I know that there has been in the past big roadblocks with companies being reluctant to implement L2L. Um, and, and the reluctance was really being driven by the IT folks, right? The IT teams. Because they're so, what's the right word? They're so, they're so um, conservative. Okay, conservative. They're so, <laughs> they're nice so bought into, hey, well, that's not how we do it here. You know, this is this is the way our system works, yeah. you know, and, and they're really reluctant to break those barriers down. But once they do, and this is where Justin can, can attest once they do, and they start to see the value that that type of integration brings that gets them over that hump. Yeah. Well, you go into a company and the it guy goes, yeah, well, that's not, that's not how we order spares. Right. That's not, that's not what we do. Right. This is how our system works. Right. And you're like, yeah, but you know, there's a better way. Yeah. And, and it's getting them to understand that there really are better ways. I really wish like we could talk about this stuff all day long. You right. know, I mean, we could, we could, there's, I'm sure there's a ton of questions and we could talk about this again. Corey, any, any last words here? I mean, I really hate to kind of cut us short here, but, but any last words on the thought process on this? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, learning about APIs, learning about integration, it, it really sets the bar up another level. Um, your imagination and your creativity are the limiting factors. Yeah, as as Phil mentioned earlier, when you buy software, it doesn't matter what software it is, it comes with a set of features. Yeah. But when you have APIs, you really can take it to the next level. It's, yeah. it's it's your competitive advantage. Yeah, totally. It really is. About a minute left here, Justin. Any anything you want to add in in here? Yeah, I think Corey sums up well. I'm uh, I'm happy to join you guys today. It was fun fun yeah, chatting thanks. with. Yeah, thanks for being. Need to get out there and do some fly fishing. No, guys. Yeah, absolutely. You're yeah. invited anytime, my friend. Justin, it's a pleasure to meet you. I haven't met you before, and uh, pleasure to meet. You. I hope to meet you in person here soon and get you out on the river. But stay away That'd from the awesome. lemonade. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us. This has been, yeah, no, not Lemonade. This has been the Manufacturing Street Podcast brought to you by L2L, the easiest, most affordable, and fastest path to bring about digital transformation to your factory. Go follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Hey, thanks you guys for joining us today. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Yeah, thanks, guys. My pleasure. Good to see you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.